One of the side effects of the pandemic is that people are not driving as much. And so you've probably seen in the media, all of the large auto insurance providers are giving money back to customers because claims are down. When customers got the email, the ones that didn't have the app suddenly were driven to the app and we saw a huge spike in downloads and a huge spike in usage as a result of that. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. Today, we are going to record a live session with Mike Antonoli, who is currently the director of mobile product at Allstate. Previously, Michael worked at HSBC, where he led mobile banking, and he was responsible for development and rollout of the HSBC Bank USA mobile banking app. So, Mike, so excited to have you here, so excited to have you on the podcast, and also excited to have you on mobile on air. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been uh, a busy few weeks. The world has changed. How are you doing doing all of this? Well, pretty good. I mean, extremely fortunate, relatively speaking. So everyone's healthy. My wife and I are running a homeschool, which we never thought we'd have to do with two uh, grade school children. But, you know, my situation is really, uh, really fortunate compared to, you know, what's going on in the world. And I have a lot of friends and family and small businesses and restaurants and healthcare industry. You know, so we are just extremely fortunate. Um, at Allstate, we are busier than ever, as I think a lot of firms that had some digital transformation efforts already underway, all of those have just been accelerated by the pandemic. And so many of the trends in mobility that had started, you know, pre-COVID have been amplified as people change their behavior. You know, so we're trying to drive as much traffic as we can to the Allstate app. How are you personally handling working from home, working remotely with your team? We already had a combination of uh, work from home, so we were already set up and ready to go. It just was not typically, all, you know, all day every day. It was, you know, more on a on a one or two days a week basis. And and we have a virtual team anyway because we've got different office locations and we've got um, some global uh, software development shops. So we've always been kind of a virtual team, even when we were in the office. So the work part of it hasn't changed that much besides the fact that we miss the social aspect and we miss uh, seeing one another in person. Yeah, that makes sense. That's hard. I definitely feel that. But that sounds great. I mean, I think it is great that you guys were doing that before. I think, you know, at Branch, we were a very in-person culture. So this has definitely been a transition for us. Uh, So I think uh, it's interesting that the companies that were already kind of working from home are, are, are finding it easier. We'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Beyond everything you've done in your career and growth, what is something about you that we wouldn't be able to find by Google search? And I've done a few Google searches on you. Is there anything as a kid, teenager, that made you so good at what you do today? As a kid, you know, I I sort of learned to do math in my head, you know, uh, calculating baseball statistics. And it just really helped me kind of think in terms of numbers and in terms of money uh, later in life. And that helped me in my financial career. You know, I think everyone in the product and in software engineering and design space has the ability to kind of create a mental model in their head. And, you know, that model has to flex across use cases, especially when you're dealing with products that have millions of users. 
you know, across all lots of different categories and use cases, you know, so you don't realize it when you're young, but your ability to kind of create those mental models and to be able to kind of quickly add things up and in your head, you know, helps later in life. You know, I'm the kind of person that always, if I get an estimate from like my technology team and they say, oh, it's going to take us, you know, 7,000 hours to do, you know, a certain feature or whatever, I have to translate that into dollars uh, because I, I understand the financial implications of those decisions more than I do like what the hours are, you know, so that's something kind of growing up that I was just naturally good at. I think a lot of people in our space had developed that skill one way or another. Um, and then I say in more recent years, coaching youth sports has made me a better leader at work because the kids nowadays, they have so many different activities to choose from. They will very quickly quit and move on to something else if they're not having fun or if they're not, you know, achieving some level of success. So as a coach, you have to make it fun and you have to constantly be giving the encouragement and provide the confidence because, you know, sports are hard. It's hard for a little kid to put the basketball into a 10 foot hoop and to hit a baseball and things like that. So your job is really make it fun and and really talk about, well, how great it will be when we do this. And that's something that helps also as a product leader, because you, you know, I'm not the software engineer, so I'm not going to tell them how to code something, but I need to create the vision for it. And, you know, so I'd say, you know, coaching kids sports, not on my LinkedIn profile, but has made me a better manager in the last few years. And it probably even relates to the way you work on mobile experiences. I think part of like keeping someone coming into the app obviously has to be useful and they have to get value. But being somewhat a little fun or or, or being really easy to use, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Okay, you've had a super cool career. You've worked in mobile for a while. Tell us about the journey. How did you get into mobile? How did you get into product? How did it all start? Well, you know, like like most product people, I, I got there through happenstance. Uh, I didn't get a degree in product management or anything. didn't exist back in the day. So I, uh, you know, if you think of kind of the disciplines across, you know, uh, software engineering, design, and product, I was a marketer, right? So I'm the biz- I come from the business side, um, and I started my career as a credit card marketer and working in direct mail. The interesting thing about direct mail is all the basics of direct-to-consumer marketing are there in terms of like your audience and your creative and your testing and your budget. The only problem is back then, of course, and still today, you had to wait three months for the result. And so I was a young person. I didn't have the patience for that kind of thing. And so when the Internet really started happening and there was lots of opportunities, I made the natural switch over to the digital world. And I ran the email operations and email marketing shop for a large financial firm. And that was kind of the the way that I sort of got into the digital product management. And that led to like broader digital marketing and, and software development leadership roles, which eventually led to mobile banking experience. You mentioned at HSBC. And it's funny, I think back on that a little bit. The uh, Before the iPhone came out, mobile banking really meant text message banking. And so there was a lot of text message banking platforms that were trying to sell into the big banks like this was going to be the wave of the future. That seemed like that was going to be a thing until the iPhone came out, which, of course. How did that work? Well, you would just basically text your uh, like a balance transfer or Mm. um, 
and then it would move money from checking to savings. Interesting. You know, or you would be like text something in and then get your balance back, that type of thing. And then those things still exist today. They a lot, a lot of them yeah. are available and they and they still exist, but they're not quite the same as like logging into an app and looking up the information and then the interactiveness. Obviously, the kind of the ironic thing about the text message banking example is. Now, um, with the changes uh, in user interfaces, that's become back into popularity again. So you think of like the Venmo experience or just like the chat experience in terms of doing transactions that originally started off as just being like uh, like SMS, you know, uh, short message type of thing. You know, so it's funny how it comes around again in the UI world, things that are old become new again. And, you know, chat is the new rage for some of the UI experiences. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then that kind of led to my my current role at Allstate. So they needed someone to lead the the consumer mobile team, and I was approached. Uh, and, I, and I had to think about insurance a little bit because I, I said, well, I mean, mobile banking was exploding at the time. Uh, you know, so you're going into a category that has less monthly active users because people up until just a few years ago didn't really think that they needed to have their insurance company's app. So it was it's, it was kind of the uh, you know a much slower adoption compared to brokerage and compared to banking. But the thing that really attracted me to insurance was insurance companies protect people, homes, and cars, and people and homes and cars are becoming more and more connected all the time. So there's really just kind of a data explosion, and it continues to get more and more sophisticated. What do you think made the shift in customer behavior in them actually starting to want to download the your app and in general, like apps uh, in your industry? More people have just changed their personal behavior to just running their life on the smartphone. So, so those are the early adopters. Those are the, the, easy, the easy ones. What's happened in, in insurance the last couple of years, uh, one, in, in auto insurance, it's, uh, it's smartphone camera-based. So any claim, you're sending your pictures uh, in, into the claims department. So a lot of that has, is, is in the app. And then, and then at Allstate, we're a leader in the telematics space where the smartphone is, is used to reward safe driving and, and it can understand you know, what your driving behaviors are. And so that's pushed a lot of people into their insurance company's app. And, and a lot of um, insurance companies have programs like this now where you download the app, you drive around for a while, you get feedback, and that influences the, the relationship. Those are really interesting trends. I hadn't like actually thought of them. So uh, super cool. And uh, as you think about growth, we had you uh, recently join one of our roundtables and you mentioned a campaign that had more downloads and engagement compared to all the different last years combined. Can you talk to us about the campaign? What do you think drove the success of that campaign? One of the side effects of the pandemic are, is that people are not driving as much. And so you've probably seen in the media, all the large auto insurance providers are giving money back to customers because claims are down. People don't drive as much. They don't crash their car as much. Insurance companies had plans. You know, the, the, this is, you know, the, the level of, of car accidents. And so we budget for that. And when that doesn't materialize, then there's the ex, you know, extra money left over and some, some of that paying back, you know, giving back to our customers. Um, and, and that was happening. That was in the works anyway. But then we decided, well, how could we put our app in the middle of that experience? So we came up with a campaign that said, if you, you know, we announced the payback to our customers and we said, learn more in the Allstate mobile app, download the app. 
and then you sign up and then you get put in into the queue faster, you know, to kind of confirm that you're uh, ready to accept your payback. So it was a, it was an optional uh, action, but when customers got the email, the ones that didn't have the app, and suddenly we're driven to the app and we saw a huge spike in downloads and a huge spike in usage as a result of that. And how do you guys think about the value of the app? We've talked a lot about driving installs to the app. Why do you guys think the app is important for you, for your company specifically? It's really kind of around two things. It's cost savings, you know, so just channel shifting into a lower cost channel. And then the other one is deepening the engagement with customers, mm, especially yeah. in the insurance space. Insur insurance historically is one of those like set it and forget it type of things, you know, where we're not engaging our customer base as frequently as we'd like. And so there are interesting data points that we can capture and that we can engage customers with, whether it be their driving behavior or whether it be home inventory or their digital footprint. You know, there are things that we're developing that are like much more engaging that deepen the relationship with customers beyond just, hey, we're an insurance provider and we do the same thing that all other insurance providers do. And as you, I think as you think about, you know, the app being important, what are some other stories of campaigns that you tried that were either very successful, like the one you just mentioned, or maybe didn't go, work so well? I think the audience can learn both, both from your successes and potential failures. A failure that comes to mind is we added a feature to the Allstate mobile app a couple years ago when... Apple released the AR kit, so, so for augmented reality, and, and we thought, you know, hey, we should try to do something. Let's try to be innovative and try to be first to market with something. And so we developed a little feature that we called Escape Route, where you can plan a fire escape from your home using augmented reality. We put it out on uh, in Fire Prevention Safety Month is in October every year. So we put it out a couple, it wasn't last year, it was the year before in October. Yeah. And we did a PR release and everything and we put it in the app and just unfortunately very low engagement. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't really meeting any customer need. We just thought it was something that would be fun to play with and we could get some traction and some engagement with, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. So you know, our first foray into augmented reality was that, you know, you learn and you move on and maybe maybe we were just a little bit ahead of our time on that one. I think that's probably it. I mean, it sounds like such a cool feature, but, you know, I guess I live in a small apartment, so there's probably not like, I think it depends how big your house is. And It's one of those classic examples where you ask people, hey, doesn't that sound neat? And, and of oh, course, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that sounds great. But then when you put it in the app, no one touches it. it was, so it was one of those tested really well, and people thought it was a great idea. Of course, everyone wants to be safe. Yeah. One of the products that we raised, I think, our series Beyond was like that. We were like, people thought it was great, and then no one used it. So then we had to come up with something completely different to monetize branch. What people say and what people do is so different, yeah, right? People are so nice when they, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I would definitely use that, you know. How do you guys think about testing new features and outside of just like sending people questionnaires, do you A-B test, do you release to a smaller group? How do you think about all of that? We do all of that. So we, we try to A-B test as much as we can. You know, a lot of it's just creative tests. It's In insurance, it's hard to bring a product fully to market and then just throw it away. Yeah. So so usually we're, we're, we're committed to something. So a lot of our tests are just more around creative and copy. We have done some experimentation with testing things to see what the demand is and then and then like removing it, you know, or or 
um, you know, testing it on the web first before we fully build it into the native mobile experience, you know, so those are the things that we, that we look at. One of the things that's hard for the financial uh, industry is, uh, you know, heavily regulated and usually pretty large companies. So there's a lot of toll gates and checkpoints, you know, before you can go to market. So we've got to be, you know, we're not as fast to market as other industries in terms of like the innovation cycle. So we've got to be a little more cautious, I think, than we'd like to be. I'd like to see things be faster and, and maybe take some risks, but it plays a little bit into like a company culture when you're like working in a regulated industry versus other industries. But I think from your stories, it seems like you guys are definitely thinking about emerging technologies and adopting things that came up, even just, you know, working on something like AR. I don't think a lot of companies have even uh, dipped their feet into that water. So you guys have. So I think that's really awesome. How are you guys approaching emerging technologies, connected home, auto? I know you mentioned that that's kind of something that you're interested in and excited about at the beginning. There's all kinds of things that are that are underway. So today... Insurance companies have telematics programs for auto insurance. There's been a steady increase in participation. You know, we think in the future that's going to be just normal. That's going to be just like everyone has a credit score. Uh, people will have a driving score. That's you know not just based on the traditional metrics like what your zip code is and how many accidents you've had in the past, but more of a of a of a detailed driving behavioral footprint that people have. So, so that's one, I think that's just going to continue to accelerate, you know, so, so that's, that's a big one. Another one that's really uh, taken off just with uh, the pandemic is Allstate offers a pay per mile insurance product in 17 states. Nice. So that's available, I think in Texas, Illinois, New Jersey, and then more states to come, but it's literally pay as you go car insurance with like a per mile rate. So if your car is sitting in the garage, you know, most of the days because you're work from home, now all of a sudden you're, uh, you kind of self-regulate uh, your, your auto insurance rate. You know, so that's been really, really popular, especially with what's going on in the world right now. That's cool. And then the other thing, too, is just, I, you know, I mentioned the photo claims, uh, anything virtual in terms of inspecting property and, you know, eliminating the in-person inspections and no one wants like an insurance adjuster coming to their house or, you know, property inspectors during this time, yeah. you know, so anything we can do virtually, anything we can do with photos and location data, uh, take some of the burden off of the, you know, the, the in-person type of stuff. So we're looking at other extensions of that model that's been really successful for, for car insurance claims, but there's other opportunities as well. That's very cool. And how does your company, I think the interesting thing is, how do you think your company's culture plays into, you know, this adoption of innovative, innovative technologies? How do you keep a culture? I think as a founder, I always think about culture and it's probably one of my biggest areas of branch. How do you guys think about that? You know, I mentioned in, in you know, my career with insurance and banking, there's a lot of regulation. So there's a lot of things that you just can't do or you have to get approved you know, so what you need uh, in order to try things and to innovate is you just need you need trust. You need trust in the organization that you know what the guardrails are. Uh, therefore, you know what you are allowed to do, and then you know where uh, you know th things that are out of out of bounds. And as long as you know what your guardrails are, you're able to uh, you know to test and to innovate and and to do new things. And then a lot of things just you know they just take a long time to get to market. They're great ideas, but they just take some time. So there it's it's a lot of small bets that add up to the big thing. Everyone always wants to rush to the big thing, 
But a lot of times you have to make the right decisions along the way, all the small things, you know, before the big thing pays off. And I think of even just outside of, of the insurance industry, you know, the, the companies that are doing well in the crisis are the ones that already had curbside, already had mobile ordering in place prior to the change uh, that we're experiencing. You know, so a lot of times it's just the, having the little things lined up right before the opportunity presents itself. That helps a lot. And so, you know, that comes in the culture in, in the company. You know, are they uh, is there an innovation pipeline or are things getting squashed? I think, you know, the world has changed today a lot. What do you think are the biggest challenges that companies face today? If there's one thing you could like have a major influence on in the way the mobile industry is shaping, what would that be? I think two like big trends that have happened just as a result of the changes. One is simplification. So when the, your lifestyle completely changes and suddenly you go without things and people are realizing, well, maybe there's some things that I didn't really need in the first place. And so anything that helps people simplify their lives, I think, is really resonating right now. And then I think value, you know, there's going to be downward pressure on pricing and cost models. So anything that helps consumers get more for less, those trends were already in place, like people who would like switch off of cable and go into streaming. Those are all going to accelerate. And then the same thing with, you know, can you can you get the same thing but for less They're you know, like family bike rides instead of trips to Disney World? Obviously, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw the New York Times was talking about there's a bicycle shortage now in the U.S. because everyone's, you know, turning to alternative things, uh, you know, for, for entertainment, you know. So so there's anything that provides value, anything that simplifies your life. Those, those are things that are that are resonating. Um, and then another another thing I think we're looking at um, that we offer at Allstate is a digital footprint feature, which is included in the Allstate Identity Protection you know, as you do more online, you're exposing yourself to more and more risk. And over time, you have accumulated lots and lots of online relationships. There's no uh, pattern today for going back and cleaning that up. So, offer, yeah. so Allstate is offering a feature that's allowing people to assess their, their digital risk and then go back and clean some of that stuff up. So those are, those are things that, that are interesting that are, uh, you know, the world is changing a little bit. And those are trends to, to be looking out for. Super cool. I think the other super interesting thing is uh, that I try to like kind of ask through the podcast and I'm sure the audience here would be interested in is how do people kind of get and, and grow in their careers and what kind of help do they get from others, whether it's mentorship, resources, what are some things that helped you, you think, advanced in your career to where you are today? So many people have helped me along the way. But one one uh, story that comes to mind, you know, I was working when I was at the bank. I was working on a technology initiative, and the, the architect that I was working with, uh, you know, we were kind of going back and forth on a particular feature and the delivery uh, challenges with that feature from a timing perspective. And he says, you know, we need to manage this like a product, not like a project. And that was the first time. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And that was the first time that we kind of went into some of the, you know, now there's all kinds of toolkits out there for road mapping and for, you know, the, all, all the different, you know, methodologies that are associated with delivering and managing products. But some of that didn't exist back then, you know. So, um, you know, those are, those are things that come to mind. You work with talented designers and software engineers and other product people, and, and you sort of learn from them as you go. And so I've, I've, uh, that's certainly influenced me uh, along the way, and I try to pass that on as much as I can to the people that I work with today. 
Awesome. Okay, so we're going to end with three super fun questions that are going to help our audience get to know you better. And they're somewhat mobile related, I would say. If you would have to delete all the apps on your phone and only keep one, what would that be? This one's hard. It hurts. It hurts a little bit, you know, especially in this, you know, troubling time. We don't need more anxiety and sadness, yeah. you know, so deleting all my apps is not it's not good, but it's only hypothetical. Only it's hypothetical only hypothetical. Question. I promise I won't make you actually do it. <laughs> so I, I got to say, and this is, a, you know, uh, probably a common one, but I can't live without Google Maps. You know, so back in the day when you're going everywhere, I just, you, you, you got you to gotta have Google Maps. So that yeah. one's going to survive on my phone. You're one of the functional people. There's definitely yeah. been answers around entertainment and meditation. And, and I think, uh, but Google Maps has definitely been, I think, probably one of the more popular answers. Okay, so you could have an app to speak to an animal. What animal would that be? This is a hard one. I, I, so I, I will say chimpanzees. Um, because wow. they are, they're already very That's social. Cool. They're one of the first animals to use tools. You know, they, you know, the, the famous examples of them using sign language. I think that would be a cool one. I, I, I did something on them when I was like in grade school or whatever, you know, so I've always kind of been fascinated by that animal. That's that's we've never had that uh, answer before. We've definitely had the tigers on the like crazy Netflix show. That was a, an interesting answer. At some Everyone point. wants to talk to their their dog, but we don't we don't have a dog at the moment. So that I had to maybe twist on that that question. This is really interesting. And last, what's like one interesting app on your phone that is unexpected, and the people who know you would, would not would be a little surprised that you had it. So I recently downloaded the Twitch app. Ah, yes. And and I am not really in the target market for that at all. But, you know, a lot of musicians now are streaming mm -hmm. on Twitch and then the gamers, of course. And I'm not a gamer, but my kids, you know, like video games. And so I thought maybe I needed to learn, learn something new. So you wouldn't expect to see Twitch on my phone, but it's there and I need to spend a little bit more time I love it. figuring it out. But um, I know like in Chicago here, ESPN Chicago now is broadcasting on Twitch or whatever. So I was like, okay, maybe there is some stuff for an old guy like me. So Twitch is also a customer. So I have their app and I'm not, I, I am a gamer, but I don't like watching stuff. But I actually found that this weekend, uh, Lightning in a Bottle, which is a festival here that has like cool yoga retreats and music and stuff they're like streaming the whole festival through twitch so if you're looking for something fun on the side i highly recommend that uh, so very cool okay great yeah that's a great great plug yep this was super interesting i feel like i learned a lot uh about your industry some of the stuff you guys have been doing so super super excited to have had you and i hope the audience enjoyed this as well so thank you yeah thanks mara Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.